With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Jeff. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, since it's you and me this week, I uh, I, I, I picked out a little story that I, I think would be uh, uh, appropriate for, for the two of us. Okay. So, so two old men had been friends for years. And they both live into their early 90s. When, when one of them fell deathly ill. So his friend comes over to visit him on his deathbed. They're reminiscing about their long friendship. The, the dying man's friend asks, listen, when you die, do me a favor. I want to know if there's baseball in heaven. Dying man said, we've been friends for years. This I will do for you. And then he dies. Uh, a couple of days later, the surviving friend is sleeping. And all of a sudden he hears his friend's voice. The voice says, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. So the good news is there is baseball in heaven. Friend said, what, what's the bad news? Said, well, well, you're pitching on Wednesday. Uh, Why don't you record this on your own, Alex? Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Pam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big jump. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex. You know, and I'm joined by somebody that I'm not always joined by. You know, occasionally, occasionally you got to go to the bullpen. And so we brought on friend of the show, Mr. Jeff Donahue. Jeff, how are you tonight? What's up, Alex? Uh, Not too much. Not too much. We are getting closer and closer to baseball season, but before... Before we get into our talking points for the week, got to tell you about some uh, some great sponsors that we've got to help bring this show to you. First of all, we're all about your health here at Chatting Average, you guys. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during this cold and flu season. Look, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There is no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Do not worry about getting sick when you're traveling, guys. It's not fun, I assure you. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. We are also brought to you by ColorCast. As you already know by now, either me or Cam is going to be live every Wednesday night on ColorCast. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform that is free to download and use. You can talk to me, Cam, other fans, athletes, and insiders all in real time. 
It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news, whatever you whatever you need. Last Wednesday, uh, we got on there and talked about the Freddy news after uh, after all that dropped. So all you got to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create your profile, link your Twitter, join our room, follow me at Riley's Rakes to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be live on ColorCast every Wednesday evening at 8.30. So show up with your spiciest takes. Jeff. I hope you showed up today with your spiciest takes because we've had a lot of news come out these last couple of episodes and I uh, want to get your opinions on some of it. So this is this is going to be your first appearance on Chatting Average in the in the post Freddie Freeman era for the Atlanta Braves. So that is correct. What what was what was your initial reaction to, to seeing Freddie go elsewhere, how it all went down, uh, where you're at now? Um. I had had resigned myself as the lockout had gone further and further, uh, even though they technically couldn't have done deals during that. I, I just I had this overwhelming sense that he wasn't coming back, um, and I don't know why. I just think maybe it was one of those things where he had more time to think, or I thought he had more time to kind of marinate on what what decisions he had weighing and and all that. And so I had kind of convinced myself that if he doesn't come back, that the, the sky's not going to fall, world's not going to end. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. <clears throat> and then lockout ends and, you know, I, I was like, oh man, we're going to have this flurry of activity. He's going to sign within a couple hours. Like we're going to know. And, and, and then it drug on or dragged on and, and, and kept going. And uh, I couldn't figure out why he had not made a decision. I, I thought he'd had plenty of time to, to weigh his options. I didn't think that there would be that many suitors post lockout that, that there, you know, more so than there would have been before. Um, and so I had kind of just kind of, I even tweeted it out that I think my, my first, first option would be to have Freddie back. I would love to have him back. If not, I'd like to get Matt Olson. If Olson wasn't there, maybe Rizzo for like a year, like a stop gap. And then beyond that, it's kind of like panic time. Um, I didn't even know until spring training started who our backup first baseman was. Um, so I was, I was kind of already prepared for it. And I just kind of had that feeling that he wasn't coming back. Love Freddie to death. He's not, ever been my favorite brave um no slight to him he's just never been my personal favorite um i've always liked him a lot he's obviously a great leader stuck with us through some really tough times um i wanted him back i, I wanted to retire as a brave but um it, I, I couldn't figure out why they didn't get it done in the off season before during the, the the world series or the world champion season or even right there at the end of it i, I just didn't know i thought maybe they were trying to move some Ozuna money around or what I, I didn't know what was going on, but then um, I was at work and and then saw that the, the, the notification came across that we had made the trade for Matt Olson. And I was just kind of taken back. I was like, okay. I was like, uh, it was kind of that moment of the, the finality of he's probably not going to be our first baseman coupled with the excitement of, holy crap, we got Matt Olson. We actually got the player that we wanted. Uh, we didn't have to wait for, you know, someone else to get the player that we wanted and kind of have to fall back to a second option. Like sometimes in the it past. seemed like a weird thing to hear the Olsen news first. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you hear the Olsen news and, and I was, I was mentioning this last week. My, my reaction was initially to be excited about that and then thought, Oh wait, this has the implications for Freddie. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was the, AA is a wizard, so you never know what he has up his sleeve. And there was like that that 
one millisecond where I'm like, you know what? He may try to bring Freddie back, like for a, a DH position, or you know, maybe he has something up his sleeve to keep them both. And then I was like, nah, we we gave up too much to to get Olsen. So it kind of set in that we weren't going to get Freddie back. So um, at that, I think it was just tempering the excitement to have Olsen come in and kind of realize in that moment, okay, we got a first baseman, and then letting Freddie go, and then. I think the next day or maybe the day after that is when they discussed the extension for eight years. And that's when I got really excited. And I kind of had put the Freddy thing to bed at that point, at least. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf builder, Rapid Grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Personally, I was like, he's not coming back. We turned the corner. This is our new first baseman for the next, what, eight years? And uh, I, I, just, I just got excited, and I've been excited. It sucks losing Freddie as, from a standpoint of he's been the franchise player, and I think from the the uh, sentimental aspect. Yeah. You want him back. You want him to retire in the same Jersey he's worn, but um, you know, AA pulled off some just absolute wizardry at the, at the trade deadline last year and look what it got us. So I think, I think he did enough to let the fan base trust him that he's making the right decision. And um, you know, Twitter was an absolute mess as expected. You know, you had the division of the pro Freddie versus let him go. And then kind of how you alluded to a minute ago, how it went down and it wasn't necessarily under the, chummiest uh, or at least it didn't seem to be under the chummiest uh, way that it happened between the agency and, and Anthopolis. And I don't know if we'll ever know the, the true. Yeah, he did. He didn't, he, he, I guess declined to expand on it any, any more, but a story did come out in the last couple of days, uh, a, kind of a letter to fans from Freddie Freeman Yeah, that basically started off with, look, this was the team that I'd spent my entire career with. It was a super emotional time. That's the way I reacted the way I, that's the reason I reacted the way I did. And my relationship with AA is fantastic. So yeah. Um, and I, I believe that. Like, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's no reason to, to doubt that. I, I, one one thing about Freddie and AA is they both always seemed like pretty genuine dudes. Now, now take that with a grain of salt when you're talking about a major league general manager. But I, I, I when those guys speak, I tend to to put some stock in in what they say. So I think as uh, as interesting as it was to have seemingly a Freddie Freeman heel turn there, I, I think I think that was uh, a not quite what uh what it ended up being yeah you know and i think throughout the most of the lockout people were like why don't you just give him the sixth year i mean i I think at some point i've probably gone back and forth you know ping-ponged different opinions and i was like well just give him the extra year it's just a sixth year he could be a dh he can do this and then the other half of me would be like well god man what if it turns into this albatross contract on the back end and we're stuck and we can't extend you know acuna or someone else at that time i was like that's really going to be kind of a, a a weighted thing so yeah, and in in fairness, I mean, there's there's nothing set in stone with with Matt Olson. Um, like, could he have a down year this year? Maybe next year, year after? Sure, Absolutely. that's gonna that that's that that could happen. But I, I think when you when you step back from it, take the ten thousand foot view of the situation, you had a twenty eight year old first baseman 
who you could have for eight years for like $180 million, or you had a 32-year-old first baseman who you could have for six years for almost that same amount of money. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen the last couple of years Freddie have some injury, you know, injury-prone stints where he's been gone for, out of the out of the lineup for a while you know like he had the other thing was the, the wrist or his elbow or both but yeah um, he had he had the elbow that one season and there was there was it, it was a bit of a controversy because it's something that that he had played through and wasn't working to get corrected so um yeah that was that was a very interesting situation with freddie uh on that one but yeah they, they it's 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 gonna be it's going to be interesting to be at uh, at the park on opening day. It's going to be a, a a new look for for the team. Yeah, I'm excited. I, like I said, I, I think once Freddie signed with the Dodgers, where we we 99% felt he was going to go, I was kind of holding out hope that he may end up with the Red Sox or an AL team, so I could still feel a little personally good about it. <clears throat> but um, I'm going to the Dodgers. Uh, obviously, is going to be a little a bit of a sting, uh, you know, or a little bit of salt in the wound, but. Um, he's doing what he needs to do for him. And it, it, it makes me laugh. Some of the people that are on Twitter, especially, and I'm sure all social media, but Twitter's the one that I mainly am on. But, you know, you, you have the people that uh, act like they know Freddie personally. And they're like, oh, he's going to do this. He's definitely signed with the Braves. He wants to be here and da, da, da. And then you have the people that are like, oh, his wife wants him to, to be a Hollywood star. Da, da, da. I'm like, you guys are idiots. You know, like, like I mean, I, I tweeted out, like, he's going to go wherever she tells him to. It was a joke, but obviously um, that was kind of just a, a, a nod to being married, but. Right, um, and and that's how I read it. But at the same time, I looked at it and I was like, "Yeah, I yeah, think I, I know where this is going to go in the comments." Yeah, and and that wasn't the intention, and I, I honestly didn't care about the responses because I'm like, "Lana, why I tweeted it?" But um, but, but the point of that saying, a lot of people were were very um, ugly about Chelsea Freeman and saying that she was pulling the strings and wanted to be a Hollywood star, all kind of crap. And I'm like, man, it's it's a you don't know these people, and they don't know you, and I, I get that they're fans of a. Of a person and a team and they feel some type of you know connection to there but like not a single one of us had any idea of what he was going to do we all thought what he may do the reasons behind the decisions he made um but you know i'm happy that he got his bag he got his payday um i wish it was another team obviously i'm glad it was not in the division at least but um but we we literally got the best possible scenario that we could find a replacement for him in olsen and i'm super excited um I mean, obviously the Braves, we know how like their homegrown talent. He's from here. He's from Lilburn, went to Parkview, local dude. He's got ties to the community here. Um, I think, I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to, he's going to do really well for us. And um, I'm not dare say we may be better off. And, and a, a quick word to any holdouts who still might not have uh, moved beyond the Freddie stuff yet. If, if I asked you at any point uh, in the last 10 years, who are you a fan of in baseball? The answer is is the Braves, mm-hmm. not Freddie Freeman. More often than not, I, I think the vast majority of listeners would would say that. And and you gotta you gotta bear that in mind. Like since the dawn of free agency, players players come and go. It, it, and it, even though it's someone who you might really like seeing in your favorite team's uniform. At some point in time, there's a very good chance they're not going to play for your favorite team anymore. So yeah. look at Griffey. As, Griffey went to the Reds. Yeah, in Seattle. Like you know, well, if not, he was lose if not for Dave O'Brien, it would have been Atlanta. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> Don't remind <laughs> me. Don't remind <laughs> me. <of> that. <laughs> 
Wonder if I'm blocked yet. Um, so a little bit of uh, a little <clears throat> bit of news from around the league from these last couple of days. Uh, Braves legend signs with the New York Yankees. Shelby Miller has gotten a minor league contract with the New York Yankees with an invite to major league spring training, even though there's only a game or two left. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think who, who do they have? They have Miller. Um, they have Ender and Ciarte now. And I saw someone say earlier that they just need to get Dansby to complete the set. Who went to the Yankees? He went, uh, yeah, he went to the Yankees. So well, they got Josh got, Donaldson too. Yeah. They've got Josh Donaldson and Ender and Ciarte and Shelby Miller. They are, they're becoming like the Angels were a couple of years ago, where they're just a, a, a relocated former Braves team. Did you uh, did you see the picture of Ender without facial hair? He looked unrecognizable. Oh, it's weird. It, it's, yeah. it's really weird. I I hate that rule so much. Yeah, that's a. I actually had to Google that because I've always known about it, but never knew why. And I, I read it. I've pretty much forgotten about it now. But it was. Uh, it's such an antiquated thing. Like I'm not saying go out there and, you know, have, you know, duck dynasty beards, but like just the fact that you have to shave your hair or your face when you go there is, I mean, it's not 1943 anymore, you know? Right. Right. I I mean, we, society in general has moved past the idea that, you know, uh, ratty facial hair or, uh, or, or something like that, or tattoos are another example that, that, automatically says that you're a certain type of person um we we don't we don't really think that anymore in general overall not, not to uh, mention new york is the melting pot of cultures it's like that's the the place where you think you'd be able to have kind of some freedom of expression or whatnot but it, it's, we're talking facial hair like it really has no impact on your your ability to play baseball yeah yeah and i i I don't know. I, I on one hand, I sort of understand the the perspective of tradition, and as as much as tradition is is lauded in baseball in general, um, I, I I I get that side of it. I just can't bring myself to 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 want anything other than them scrapping it entirely. Yeah, I'm, it's just one of those things. Like the it, when you when you find out a player is going to the Yankees, the first thing you think of is not, oh man, that's going to bolster the roster, or that, that guy's going to be a great rotation piece. It's ah, he had to shave his beard. Uh, before I move on to the next one, let me let me ask you one random question here. How old do you think Shelby Miller is? Shelby Miller. <clears throat> Let's see. I would think. And I'm I'm just ballparking here. I'm going to say 36. 31. Yeah, I, I'm blown away. I thought he was way older than that. I, I yeah, I'm I'm I've read I read this 10 times before I said it out loud. And, and I, I still don't believe it. It just feels like he's he's been around forever. Turns out he broke into the league when he was 21 years old with the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have pegged him to be much older than that. Yeah, it just in in my mind, I had him as like a, a guy who was pushing 40 out there. And speaking of guys who are pushing 40 out there, Jed Lowry has signed a contract to stay with the Oakland Athletics. And that's a guy that I, I feel like has been playing Major League Baseball for the majority of my life. I didn't know. I didn't know he was even still in the league. He is. Yeah, he played for the A's last year. He is uh, going to be turning 38 next month uh, and and still playing. Uh, batted 245 with uh, 28 doubles and 14 home runs last season in uh, 139 games. Is he, uh, is he a position player or is he just DHing? 
Um, he is a, a utility infielder, I believe. Okay. I know he's infield. I didn't know if he was currently playing. You know, if they had him in that role or if he was just DH. Yeah, and and speaking of utility infielders, it's going to be kind of interesting to see uh, who the the Braves end up picking out of spring training as their uh, as their bench. Um, seen some good things out of Brock Holt down there with the bat. Uh, I think that would be a, an interesting name to see on the opening day roster. Yeah, obviously he he has experience. I think he he's my first choice just because you know he's a, he's he's a solid piece. He can play anywhere in the field you need him. Obviously, you know, what the only guy ever hit for the cycle in the postseason. So, you know, he's got a, a really good bat. So, obviously, he's, he's on the backside of his career, but he could still have some value for us, I believe, if he was a bench piece or wanted to give a, a day off here and there to somebody. Absolutely. And uh, in in the interest of ensuring the Braves have as much roster flexibility as possible, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but William Contreras started in right field today, and he did okay. I think I, I didn't. I, I was watching golf, and I was kind of flipping back and forth between the game and golf, and I saw uh, I saw the highlights of it. And look, he played the position pretty well. I didn't see him botch anything. They didn't show it if he did, but um, yeah, that was a interesting thing when you saw the the lineup card. You're like, am I am I seeing that right? Yeah. Like, I have to imagine. I can't imagine they're actually considering using him in the outfield. I, I've got to think they're just trying to find him extra at bats in spring training. Yeah, I would think so. Or, or they're just maybe doing a test. If worst case scenario, they had to put him out there. Yeah. So got a uh, some interesting news out of Florida here. Um, Toronto Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker who has been the pitching coach for the uh, for the Blue Jays since 2012, uh, was was arrested on a charge of DUI down in uh, Pinellas County, Florida. I read about this today. <laughs> I, I read about this five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> Is this the, the, uh, the, the apology on, and who was batting during the apology? Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? Like, what are the chances? Yes, I, I I don't know if this really means anything for the Blue Jays or not, but kind of kind of funny to me that the coaching staff was the one partying a little too hard down at spring training and not the players. Yeah, I would. Uh, and I mean, he's he's not a young guy either, so I mean, he's he's uh, it, it is definitely odd, but um, I I think it, it's funny that he was doing the apology. I think who was it? Was it Castellanos was up at bat and. It, it, they were doing the on-air apology did he while hit he was run? batting. I don't. Please. I don't think. I don't think he did. He was. I think he had a hit. But they that were, would have the been jo- the most Castellanos thing ever. Well, and the thing, the joke on the only, only reason I even know about it is on Twitter they were talking about is this going to be like his fame now? Is that he's always batting when these people are apologizing for doing these things that they shouldn't have been? I doing? mean, if you're a major league baseball television producer, like if there's something important that needs to be announced during a game. I am lining that up with oh, a yeah. Nick Castellanos at bat. Yeah, you're watching and you're going, okay, we're going to cut to the segment. You know, like, because, like, obviously that's his good luck charm is he, he's going to do something well or do something good whenever uh, there's an apology coming out. <laughs> All right, let's see. So, uh, guys, if you have some time, say a prayer for uh, for outfielder Tommy Pham. Now, he's he's fine. Uh, he just signed a contract with the Cincinnati Reds. Poor guy. Um, and and as we detailed in the last couple of weeks, no one really understands what the Reds are trying to do with free agency. 
uh, well, with this period before the season starts, uh, they're they're letting everyone go. Uh, as guy we just mentioned, Castellanos went to Philly. They 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 traded their left fielder Jesse Winker, who was just an absolute world beater last year, to Seattle. Um, so Tommy Pham is uh, is the outfielder in Cincinnati now. I I don't, I don't even know who's going to be playing next to him. He's got the whole outfield. Yes. I, I hope he's got range because uh, he's going to be covering a lot of it. Well, speaking of spring training, have we even let people know why I'm on the show today? Uh, alluded to it briefly, and I think we mentioned it last week. But yes, Chatting Average has a representative in Northport, Florida at Brave Spring Training. Jeff and I, the uh, the group chat was uh, was was littered with pictures of players warming up. And uh, I think Cam even posted a video of uh, of charlie morton warming up which was pretty cool today said he got to say hey to snit and talk or like you know yell over the fence at him for a minute that was pretty cool yeah yeah i i i haven't been down to the uh the new facility i i really want to get down there and check it out it looked like uh looked like cam had a blast yeah that's uh went yesterday and today if i'm not mistaken um but yeah that's a it's a it's a thing I've never done. I've, I've had it on my list. Uh, my grandfather used to go to spring training for the Braves every single year. It was his like man trip with his three best friends. And um, he passed away before I got a chance to go down there with him. But um, my wife's been several times. I've just never had the chance to take that trip. But um, it is on the list to do eventually. I'd, uh, I'd, I'm excited. I want to get down to Northport and check it out. Yeah, I've only been down to spring training once. Um, I want to say it was maybe 2011, something like that. Uh, and I went to a Braves game at the Houston Astros facility in Orlando. Um, it's still a lot of fun. Just, uh, you know, I'd like to go see the home team's facility and uh, some more cool stuff like that. But, but yeah, that would be, that would be a, a dream trip. We should, we should pick the whole show up and just move it down to Northport next March. Yeah, do a remote, a remote show. I'm, I'm down with that. That that would be some fun. We should we should give that one a shot. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeff, we uh, we we got a break here for a second because we have a very special interview coming up for you guys. We teased it last week. We're gonna t- we're gonna tell you about our sponsors one more time, and we're gonna go straight into it. Once again, this show is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially. During cold and flu season, one scoop, one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No more. Don't need a million different pills. Don't need a million different supplements. Look out for your health. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also brought to you by ColorCast. We talk about it every week. We're going to talk about it some more. Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m., Chatting Average Podcast goes live on ColorCast. All you got to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Chatting Average group. Follow me at Riley's Rakes to be notified when my room goes live. Again, that is Wednesday nights at 8.30. Come with your spiciest takes. Y'all, if you listened to the show last week, you know that we have a very special guest joining us today. He was a highly touted prospect following a dominating career at Oral Roberts. 
and was selected in the 92nd round of the 2018 Indie Ball Draft by the Ringgold Wranglers. He quickly hit his stride with the Wranglers, featuring his blistering 70-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball. He recently made waves in the baseball world, advocating for for a a 24-team Major League postseat. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Will Smathers. Will, how are you doing today? Oh, hi, am I on? Uh, hey guys, you're, Will, you're on. You're on the show, Will. Oh, a- Adam, Cam, thank you. I- I'm so glad to. to I'm, it's I'm actually really glad it's, to be here. it's it's Alex. You, never mind, never mind. How's it going today, Will? I, I, I'm doing good. I've I've just been uh, I've I've been really getting myself ready for this interview. For um, been kind of practicing for for a few hours, just getting ready to to talk with you guys. Well, uh, well, yeah, we're uh, we're we're glad to have you. Uh, let's let's get right into it. A uh, lot lot of talking points have come up in the last few months in baseball, uh, mostly centered around uh, around the CBA. But before we get into that, what are your thoughts on the possibility of baseball making a move to robot umpires at some point in the future? Well, um, well, I you know. I'm really not very good with computers, and so I I don't really know a lot about how that might work. But guys, one of the things we've seen in the last few years is that our our umpires are doing a tremendous job. Um, oh I, I think I think Angel Hernandez is one of the best in the business. He's he's been doing this for years, and uh, they really do a tremendous job of of. And so I I don't really see the need to to make any changes there oh my god all right um jeff jeff you got anything for him yeah hey well this is Je- uh, uh cam uh Hi, obviously cam. you've been playing you know for a while in the in the uh, indie ball league with uh, the wranglers and and not sure your aspirations trying to get to the majors but obviously we had a tumultuous offseason with the lockout and the feud between the owners and the players union and Kind of just want to get your thoughts on the CBA and the negotiations and how they took place and kind of see where your mind is now that we have ball back and kind of what they came up with. Well, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that the players were able to uh, come to an agreement with, with the owners. I, I really felt like that the players were, were being very unreasonable. Uh, we're, we're so lucky to play this kid's game. And I just uh, felt like that, um, it, it took a lot longer than it needed to because of uh, because of this, and I'm just glad that we finally were able to make a decision. And um, but we're just really lucky to to get to play this this great sport. All right. Um. So, yeah, I I I think most of the general public is probably taking the players back on that but you know you you're you're a big big ownership guy that's that's cool could you expand more specifically on your thoughts around rob manfred as the commissioner of baseball what kind of job do you think he's done well i i think that he's he's been a great ambassador for the game um you can tell he really loves the game of baseball he's trying to make a lot of changes that i think are are, are are really important. Um, the uh, trying to make the game more exciting, trying to expand it to 
so that more people can can watch the game on television. Um, I I think he's I think he's really doing a tremendous job. I, I don't understand why some people don't seem to to care for him. Okay, uh, let's let's turn the page and move on. Um, obviously, a lot of rule changes came out of the CBA uh, negotiations. We're still waiting on a few more potentially in the next few weeks, but some of the things that have come down the pipe already for this season are going to be uh, larger bases, uh, potentially having a pitch clock. Uh, probably the the biggest one will be the National League having the DH. Uh, will as a a pitcher. Um, you know, the DH has been around in the minors and things of that nature, but uh, what are your thoughts on the DH coming to the National League and kind of having a universal DH? Well, I'm, I'm trying to um, – one of the things I've been doing in my in my training is is not only trying to become a, 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 better, a better pitcher, but I'm also trying to become a better hitter as well. Um, I've been doing a lot of bunting in my practicing, um, and I think I, I, I'm – it's really unfortunate that I don't get the chance to put these skills on display in, in front of a, um, in, in front of a massive audience. I, I think that, you know, one of the things that, that I hear from um, people coming to see me play for the Wranglers is that the, uh, is that they really like to see a bat in my hands. And I just, uh, I, I, I think they, they really are, are very, excited and surprised when I'm able to get on base. And I think that you can tell by the fan reaction that they love to see a pitcher hit. Will, what's, what's your career batting average? Um, I, I, it's, 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 it's 072, but I will say that I, uh, the last, the last two games I've been able to get a hit. Both games. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm on a hot streak. Really, really something to think about there, I suppose. Um, That's a two-game hitting streak. That is a, that is a streak. One, one could be chance. Two is a streak. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you know, you, you're, you're in indie ball with the Ringgold Wranglers. What, what, are your, what are your aspirations? Where do you see... Will Smathers ultimately winding up? Well, I I really hope that uh, obviously my dream is to become a, a major leaguer. Um, that's that's why we all play this game. Um, I, I think hopefully I can catch on with a team that is uh, maybe going through a little bit of a rebuild, um, and they're looking for some guys to. To, to eat some innings, you know, that, that fourth, fifth, sixth inning guy after the starter gets run out of the game. Um, I, I really think that, that I could do some damage in that role. Uh, well, obviously, you, you being a pitcher, you, you grew up watching other pitchers, and I'm sure you emulated some of the styles. Do you have a, a favorite, either past or present, MLB player that you kind of modeled your game after, or did you have a player that you considered to be your favorite player? Absolutely. Um, I, I, my, my favorite pitcher is, is Tom Glavin. Um, oh, but Braves Tom, fans are going to love that. Cause you know, Tom, Tom Glavin's a lifelong brave. 
Tom Glavin did some really great work for the New York Mets. Um, he got his oh 300th win with the Mets. Uh, and uh, I really looked great in the orange and blue. And uh, I think that he um, is is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And I, I, I think that people are going to remember what he was able to do in New York. I immediately regret asking that question. Alex, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to ask one last question, if you don't mind. I do... I do want to address this uh, for the final final question, Will. The 24-team postseason, um, why? Well, 24-team postseason I, I think would be fantastic for um, including more teams in, in, in giving more teams an opportunity to, to try to um, – to, to participate in the postseason. Um, I really think that we need to, a, a long regular season like we have in Major League Baseball, we need to reward as many teams as we can with the chance to, to, to play in the, in the postseason. It's, it's a dream that everyone has, and I feel like we should really try to make that dream a reality for as many and as many players as possible. I, I believe very, very strongly in the in the twenty fourteen postseason. You don't think it would water the product down for the fans and the, to see almost all the teams in there almost NBA style? No, not at all. I think I think the the conversations that I've had with uh, with a couple of fans that see me in, in Ringgold, um They've they've told me they they've said, "Will we think this is a tremendous idea?" Well, Alex, I don't know about you. I don't have any more questions. You know what, Jeff? I I got one more question. Why are you such a little bit? Guys, guys, I I have to apologize. I really thought we were giving you something something better than we were with that Will Smathers interview. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if we can bring him back on the show, but uh. Thanks for sticking with us. I'll say that. I I just want to know: Did he write his own intro? Like, who who came up with that? Uh, I, it's just the information I was given on him. I'm I'm not sure if I can believe any of it. I've never even heard of the Ringgold Wranglers. But I digress. We're going to get into this week in baseball history. Week we're going to be covering is going to be March 27th through April 2nd. Our first fact from March 27th, 2012. Embattled owner Frank McCourt agrees to sell the Dodgers to a group that includes former L.A. Lakers star Magic Johnson and former baseball executive Stan Katzen for $2 billion, the highest amount ever paid for a team in the history of professional sports. The sale price far exceeds the $1.47 billion that Malcolm Glazer paid for the English soccer team Manchester United in 2005. I, I think... Being where we are today, that's a that's a day that we can point at as as the day that the Dodgers started becoming what we know them as. Yeah, their uh, their purse got a little bit uh, fatter when when those guys signed on. Yeah, those those guys were were clearly not playing around, and uh, that that team is clearly not hurting for money. So we'll we'll bring it back home a bit with the next one. We are looking at March twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. Four days shy of his 47th birthday, 
Phil Necro's 24-year Hall of Fame career comes to an end when the Yankees put him on waivers at the end of spring training. The right-handed knuckleballer, best known for his tenure with the Braves, compiled a 318 and 274 record and a 3.35 ERA while hurling for four teams, including the Yankees, Indians, and Blue Jays. What so a career, that, man. That, 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 and it's it sucks that ha- that's how it had to end, though. Like you're you're playing and and you're clearly putting in an effort to to play another year in the league. And then the team that you're with just decides to put you on waivers, and then that's it. You hang it up. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's still better than going out with an injury or something that you really. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if there's probably a, a really good way to go out unless it's on your own. Like you decide when you get to retire, but um, yeah, to, to think that you to get to get that late into spring training and think that you have a shot at the roster at that age is probably um, something that you would think would would happen, and then they cut you at the last time. So that that is kind of sucky. Rest in peace, Nuxie. On some some equally depressing news, uh, March 29th, 2018, on opening day of the Blue Jays season, the late right-hander Roy Halladay's number 32 is retired during an emotional on-field ceremony at the Rogers Center. In his 12 seasons with Toronto, the six-time American League All-Star who died in a plane crash off the coast of Florida the prior November – compiled a 148 and 76 record along with a 3.43 ERA before his trade to the Phillies in 2009 for minor league prospects. That's that's probably the last great trade the Phillies made, but uh but yeah, Roy Halladay Roy Halladay was just on another level. He he was one of those pitchers that that was appointment viewing regardless of who he was playing for. Yeah. Like you, you, you knew he was going to go out and probably be lights out that night. Whenever, you know, every fifth day he was uh, yeah, like, he was like unreal. what, what Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom are to us now, Roy Halladay, yeah. I feel like was, was even better. Um, it, it was, he just, he was so crafty and knew exactly how to carve these guys up. Uh, mixed up his pitches really well. It was just, just a joy to watch. And, just the weirdest thing to to hear of a of a player who who takes up uh, being a pilot in his spare time after he retires, and that well, ends up being I can, the death. I can I can speak to this personally because I'm in aviation, but you'd exactly. be surprised. There's actually a decent amount of guys that um that are pilots. Um, one that you probably would not expect who pilots his own aircraft, and I've met him at the airport is Jason Worth. Um, huh. Yeah, he has a Pilatus, which is a Swiss-made aircraft, and the company I work for sells them, maintains them, charters them, et cetera. And um, I met him out at work one day. I just happened to be out walking around doing some things, and I'm like, the guy looks like he's either homeless or it's Jason Worth coming at me. And, and, <laughs> and uh, I was going to ask, is he still rocking the beard? And not quite as much. I mean, it's not quite the length it was when he was playing, but enough that it immediately made me think that's Jason Worth. And it ended up being in a – I talked to him real briefly, you know, obviously in that environment, they want the anonymity. That's why they fly private because they don't want to be like, Hey, you're Jason Worth. But he knew that I knew who he was. And so that was cool enough. And we talked for just probably 45 seconds, you know, and, and then went on uh, about the way. Cause at that point he was a customer. So I didn't want to, you know, fanboy over him, but sure, uh, yeah, but yeah, a decent amount of guys actually do fly. Um, obviously after the career, I, I want to say there was, it's been a while. It was after, after, uh, 
9-11, but there was a pitcher, I think, or maybe some for the Yankees. Somebody was a, a pitcher or a, 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 a baseball player up in New York, I think, and they died in a Cirrus uh, when it hit a building. Really? Um, yeah, and I, I I should know more about it than I do than I'm talking about. But uh, you do see several, not just baseball players, you see athletes, period, um, that go on to become pilots. And I guess it's just it's a hobby maybe they want to do or, or something that if they're you know, still broadcasting, maybe they fly themselves, you know, place to place or what. But, yeah, you do see a decent amount of sports people that learn how to fly. Well, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, it makes, makes sense. You're already conditioned to be used to traveling from, from city to city. So I, I could imagine a retired baseball player would, would start to feel cooped up at home pretty quickly. The, uh, the plane that Halliday died in was a, uh, it's a, it's a amphibious plane that also you can land on, on, on regular ground, but it's a, it was a really cool airplane. I've gotten to see a plane like that up close. And, um, I, you know, knowing his personality, he, he probably wanted to have it cause it was a cool, you know, yeah. state of the art, you know, kind of thing, but it was a plane that you could land on water or, a regular runway it was pretty cool. I've, I've only been in one of those one of those puddle jumpers once, and uh, landing on water is certainly an experience. Yeah, it's a uh, you really have to know what you're doing. A lot can go wrong quickly if you're not paying attention to to what you're doing trying to land on water. All right, our next fact comes from March thirtieth, nineteen twenty two. A frail-looking Christy Mathewson, who served as class president in 1899, is elected as Bucknell's B-Club first president. The beloved future Hall of Famer, who will die prematurely in 1925 from tuberculosis, after being accidentally gassed in a training exercise during World War I, played on the school's football team as a place kicker and excelled as a pitcher on the baseball team. There's, there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah, that's I'm still, still trying to digest some of that. I was today years old when I learned that Christy Mathewson died from friendly fire being gassed. Yeah, that is odd. I didn't know that either. That that is wild. Like I, I I'm I'm sure we all uh, remember Pat Tillman who 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 died in I suppose a somewhat similar fashion by by friendly fire. Friendly but fire, yeah. You would you would. Even back in 1925, I would I would hope that the risk of being uh, accidentally gassed by some chemical weapon would be fairly low. You would think, but also there was not a lot of regulations on anything back then either, so who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, on to some more fun ones. Uh, March 30th. God damn it. March 31st, 1994. The White Sox assign NBA superstar Michael Jordan to the Birmingham Barons of the Class AA Southern League. Before returning to the NBA, the 31-year-old outfielder will play just one season of professional baseball, hitting 202 in 134 games for the minor league team. I I I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh it was such a strange thing to see. Michael Jordan on a baseball field and, and at, at his, with his size and his basketball build, he just never looked natural in the box to me. It looked like a giraffe learning how to walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't see a ton of baseball players who are like six, seven, six, eight, at least position players. And, and if you do, they're normally like Aaron judge where they've got a lot of muscle to them. 
Yeah. Uh, in basketball, you got to be a lot better conditioned than that. So you're not going to have that much muscle. You can't carry around that much weight. Um, so yeah, it just looked really awkward. Like, uh, you ever seen Tristan McKenzie pitcher for the, uh, for the Cleveland guardians? I can't say that I have. He he's got toothpicks for arms, but it, it reminded me a little bit of that. We know in the last dance a couple of years ago, Jordan talked about it and he said that, um, a lot of people, uh, of course, depends on what you believe, why he was playing baseball. Some believe it was a, uh, NBA sent him away for some gambling issues. Other people think that he chose to retire and then play baseball and come back, whichever you believe. Um, he said that it getting your body prepared for basketball and getting your body prepared for baseball are totally separate things and they don't really cross over. Kind of like you were saying, the builds are different and the, the muscles that you use and this and that. So he said that, um, a lot of it wasn't successful because his body wasn't prepared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's it's just very a very different kind of sport. In 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 basketball, you you have to have that conditioning. In baseball, uh, John Cruck can succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think if he would have tried to become a wide receiver, he may have had better luck than trying baseball, you know, just because you, you're, you're, you have that body type and a receiver, you know, six, six and, you know, two twenty or whatever, or, you know, whatever he was like, that's, that's, you can be a tight end, you can be a receiver, but like you said, baseball, I mean, you, Trey Turner's who you're looking at for, you know, that, that type of thing. And they're, they're just not the same build. There, there's always been a part of me that, that kind of wanted to see a guy like LeBron James go, go pl- try to play tight end for a year or two. Even I think, in- I, th- I think he could have done it. I mean, I, I think probably still could, but like, that 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 build, I think the basketball and the football build, or the the muscles you do to prepare your body are probably more similar than baseball. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna like oh, baseball absolutely. and baseball and golf are probably more aligned with those kind of things rather than baseball and basketball. Yeah, actually, that that makes a lot of sense. All right, our final fact for this week comes from April second, nineteen thirty one. Thought by some to be a belated April Fool's Day hoax. Chattanooga Lookouts relief pitcher Jackie Mitchell, a 17-year-old girl, strikes out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in the first inning of an exhibition game. According to legend, Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis will void the teenager's professional contract, declaring that women are unfit to play baseball as the game is, quote, too strenuous. (laughs) (laughs) didn't we just mention that baseball is the type of game where a guy like john crook can succeed yes i i I believe a a a very fit female would do far better than john crook absolutely and and i think uh, it, it seems like we're trending in the direction of sometime in the next couple of decades actually seeing a woman out there in major league baseball oh yeah and we're we're certainly closer now than we've ever been i think All right, guys, we are going to wrap up the show. But before we do a little housekeeping first, uh, we got to go to our voicemail line. Haven't haven't heard heard anything from that in a couple of weeks. As a reminder, if you ever have any questions or comments for the show, you can contact us at 404-919-1504. So we have a friend of the show, Sam, from East County, San Diego, California. Uh, Let's see what he's got to say here. Hey guys, it's Internet Meme Sam Nairn. I heard Jeff is filling in for Cam today, so I guess that means you decided to replace you with the old man. 
just to appeal to your boomer audience with this episode. <laughs> so with this said, I'd like to ask you both, what do you miss most about the good old days of baseball? And what do you think today's pitchers are lacking that makes them not quite like the smolses of the gladness of your era? Can't wait to hear your answers. <laughs> you know, I was going to correct you and be nice to Sam and say that he's North County, but East all the way. Yeah, he's, I mean, just, have you met the guy that he just screams East County? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any other direction other than East. Um. So, so let's, let let's pretend he wasn't just asking that to call us old. Well, let's say it's a real question here. Um, what, what, if anything, do you think that, that the, the legends of our day, like the Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox of the world had that the legends of today, like the Otani's, the DeGrom's, the, the Scherzer's that they don't. Um, I, I don't know. I want to say the ability to pitch deeper into games, but I don't know if that was on them or the managers back then. Um, you know, there's there's pitch counts and, and things that are, seem to be in place now that either if they were in place back then, they weren't as publicized or if, if they didn't exist. But when I was younger, it seemed like every night you'd have your starter going seven and then you'd have a setup man in the eighth and your closer came in the ninth. And now it's like your bullpen comes in the fifth. And so it's uh, I don't know if it's like I said, longevity. I don't know if it's just because they weren't trying to throw 100 mile an hour sliders. I don't know if there were just different conditioning back then. It could be anything, but uh, the thing that stands out to me about those guys is they always seem to pitch deeper into games, and you have pitchers nowadays that do. I, I completely agree, and I actually think that's that's more of a result of of hitters just generally getting better over the years. I mean, hitting has been broken down into into such a science from launch angle to exit velocity to to all this kind of stuff that goes into. Uh, into hitting in Major League Baseball these days that that I don't think they were even considering back then. So you've got guys that'll go out there and look at at 10, 12 pitches and and make you throw a lot more than those guys were throwing back in the day. And and that has a lot to do with why you don't really see guys completing games with like 80 pitches anymore. Yeah, I mean, that if, was if, the normal back then. Yeah, that was... And, and granted, uh, Greg Maddox was was a very unique pitcher. There weren't at, in any point in history a lot like him. But I mean, nowadays you got someone going eighty pitches there in like the fourth inning. Yeah, and again, it's like you said, there you know people foul off and it may have a ten, twelve pitch at bat, which you probably I don't remember seeing back then. Didn't pay attention enough, but obviously, like there's something that just changed there where you know, you, like you said, your hitters are better. You're going to see different pitches you're going to see maybe the same pitch three or four times in an at bat where you kind of know what's coming but um yeah they don't they don't pitch nearly as deep into games as they used to all right sam well thanks for calling in uh appreciate that again if you want to call the show uh have any questions comments uh want to yell at us for something dumb we said it is 404-919-1504 and you can either text or leave a message at that number so if you want to support the show, go to teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast. Check out our t-shirt designs. Cam's our primary digital artist. He's put together some really cool designs up there. Um, and we've actually got a couple from Jeff. Uh, the uh, We have a Kyle Muller shirt and a Brian Snicker shirt that are up there uh, that Jeff actually designed. So uh, he, he is uh, not only our backup host, he's our backup digital artist. I'm just in the bullpen for the whole thing. 
Exactly. Exactly. Again, that's teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. And if you just want to donate to the show and uh, and get access to some uh, some cool extra content, you can go to patreon.com slash chatting average and check it out there. And as always, today's episode of Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Uh, As we like to say, a rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out either online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K spelled like sports drink, just without the vowels. Just make sure you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out here. So (laughs) I know you like that, Jeff. Yes. So yeah, Jeff, really appreciate you coming on and uh, and joining us again. Um, I uh, I'll be out of town uh, for a summer trip here in a couple of months, so I know we'll have you back for at least a couple more episodes this season. Yeah, anytime I can be of service, please let me know. Enjoy coming on and pretending that I know things and talking about them. All right. Well, uh, for Jeff Donahue, for the absent Cam Matthews, I'm Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Do it, Jeff. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>